ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This week, we analyze the remarkable marketing skills of Taylor Swift. She has regained ownership of her master recordings, convinced Apple and Spotify to pay artists in a more equitable way. She defied Hollywood. She markets her music in very surprising ways and holds over 70 Guinness World Records. The marketing of Taylor Swift. This week on Under the Influence with Terry O'Reilly. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Spawn Point listeners and happy 2020 to you. It's been a while, I know, but I'm now mostly back in the land of the living following the birth of my second baby. So here we are with another episode. Thank you for sticking around and thanks to everyone who sent in a wee message of support over the last few months. It really meant a lot. I've had the maddest four months of my life and thanks to the sleep deprivation, I can remember almost none of it, which is interesting. I had forgotten the extent to which early parenthood scrambles your brain. A friend described it as being like being in a washing machine for months, which honestly sounds about right at the moment. Uh, Some evenings I'd wake up to the sound of a crying baby and discover it was not actually my baby, but instead my partner playing Death Stranding, which felt like some kind of cruel joke because I couldn't play it myself. Uh, So yeah, with uh, two small children in the equation, I haven't been playing games much or indeed remembering the ones I have played. Uh, Last time around when my eldest was born, I spent about two months staying up all night playing Stardew Valley. And I remember basically nothing about it. I remember when it came out on Switch, I played the whole thing again and it was like playing a brand new game. It had just been deleted from my mind. I had vague recollections of like being in a frozen mine and trying to romance a very sad boy who lived in town or hoeing neat squares for crops, but that was it. I could remember the moment-to-moment actions of play, but not the context or the meaning of any of it. So instead of it being a game about building a new life on a farm, for me, Stardew Valley was just a game about pressing buttons to chop down trees or plant crops. It was very weird. I've chatted to other parents about this and discovered that it's not that uncommon. People say they've watched an entire TV series and totally forgot everything that happened in it, or you watch the same film twice without realizing until you're halfway through the second time uh some people say they've played 60 hours of a game that they barely remember like i did with stargy um but it turns out there's a scientific reason for it that's not just brain fail uh it turns out your brain needs to do one full sleep cycle of deep sleep in order to consolidate memories properly so one sleep cycle for adults is about four hours so yeah good luck achieving that with a newborn or indeed ever if you're breastfeeding it turns out It really explains why you don't properly remember what it's like to have a newborn. Your brain can't file stuff away like it should. Another weird factor of sleep deprivation is the feeling of being marooned in time. You can't remember whether things happened a week ago or two months ago, or a single day feels like it lasts for three eternities, but then entire weeks just disappear in hindsight. Sleep scientists theorise that this is caused by the same mechanism that causes deja vu, interestingly. It's your brain accidentally trying to file a memory in both the long-term and short-term memory boxes at the same time. So the sensation of deja vu and the sensation of extreme sleep deprivation is the experience of that memory being processed twice at the same time. All of which is to say that I felt very weird, but now I feel like I'm just about turning the corner. Um, I have managed to enjoy a few supremely comforting games in the past few months. I devoured the Link's Awakening remake, and I'm currently loving the new Pokemon games on Switch. I only ever play Pokemon every few years to avoid burning out on them, so I always have a good time laughing at the new Pokemon designs. I encountered a gothic Teletubby the other week, which I found very amusing. 
Uh, I've also played quite a bit of No Man's Sky, which leads me neatly on to this week's guest. My guest for this episode is Sean Murray, co-founder of Hello Games and creative lead on No Man's Sky, a game that's undergone an incredible journey over the past two years. I'm going to assume that if you listen to this podcast, you've probably heard of No Man's Sky, so I won't bore you with the potted history. But what you probably didn't know is that during its development, Sean Murray had three children. Three Three ch- I honestly don't know how he's still standing. We spoke in the summer, uh, just before No Man's Sky Beyond brought the game's universe into VR, and we chatted a bit about the unexpected parallels between indie game development and early parenthood. So I hope you enjoy our chat. I'm uh, Sean Murray. I work at uh, Hello Games, which is a little indie studio uh, up in Guildford. Um, and I guess I'm the, one of the founders there. <laughs> Little known, tiny industry no one's ever heard of, never been in the spotlight. I still like to maintain that in my head. <laughs> so um, I, was, I was amazed to learn that you, uh, while making No Man's Sky, also somehow managed to have three children. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a surprise to me too. Yeah, it, that's partly just No Man's Sky went on for a lot longer than I would expect. <laughs> I have this thing that I just don't want to let life stop, right? Because I work a lot and I enjoy my work um, and I'm really into it but it can be hard sometimes to find that balance it's tempting to just press pause on everything you know personal relationships mm. and see and all of that kind of thing and we didn't want to do that um, you know and it's something I guess uh, you know it's it's such a very important part of life. Right? I hear you, know, you hear a lot like dev life can be very all-consuming, and especially like I think um, the games industry has traditionally been quite a young industry, and that means that people don't have families, um, and they can just go out and drink after work, or they can work all the hours that God gives them, etc. And it's, it's a bit harder to balance. Do you think things are getting a bit better on that on that front? Are people a bit more able to find balance, or is it harder than ever, especially for indies? I think oh, being an indie dev. You know, it's it's so easy to let it consume your life completely. You know, I I think it's you know you have to really fight to not let that happen, right? Um, and I'm sure it's the same writing. You know, there's mm-hmm. anything where you can just always do a bit more, right? There's a nice thing where you are hired by somebody else, right? Um, and you've got a nine to five job, and basically you can fulfill the criteria of that job right Uh, and I used to have a job like that but I imagine working as a writer or or anyone who's maybe a freelancer or anyone who's uh, you know off trying to write a book or be in a band or starting an indie studio which is like less cool than any of those examples that I've just given you Uh, I don't know yeah you know um, anyone who's doing that the when you can go home and do a little bit more it's just always so hard not to, mm. right? To to think, okay, I will not do that thing this evening um, and I'll work instead, but I'll be sure to do it next week or whatever. And then next week never happens, basically. And you just push it on and push it on. Um, but I think, okay, definitely people are becoming more aware of that and at least talking about it more. And time goes really quickly, I think, when you have small children for everyone as well. 
Like I'm finding myself like I've cut back on work a lot since having kids just because I, I don't want to miss this stuff that's happening. And it can be a real pull because I love my work. I saw um, very touchingly that the No Man's Sky community had got together to buy you a billboard outside your office recently saying thank you. That must have been lovely. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's lovely. It's bizarre. Right? I think we're going to be known like around Guildford as the the billboard guys. You know, I'm going to be like, oh, I work at Hello Games, and they'd be like, are you the guys with the billboard? <laughs> the billboard with the ASCII, yeah, the ASCII yeah. smiley on it. Presumably, most people will think we've done it ourselves or something. Um, the it's look, it's a lovely thing. When we originally launched, we were maybe more kind of three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri kind of situation, <laughs> right? Um, and now they, they're nicer billboards. Like, uh, the it, it is a, a nice marker of that journey, yeah, you know? Um, it's hard to take in, though. I, I find all of this really hard to take in. I find reading our Reddit or, you know, meeting people who are fans of the game or whatever, I don't know, it it's it goes into a part of my brain that can't quite comprehend it and so sort of most of the time discards it. You know what I mean? Just goes like, okay, just don't think about that too much or you'll go a bit weird. You you can go a bit weird quite easily, can you? Especially with the constant feedback of the internet. It's very easy to go weird. So I started playing No Man's Sky again. Um, I've dipped in and out over the years, but I started playing it again recently because I have a a friend from Scotland who I don't get to see very much now because, you know, can't really travel that much with the kids and that. So we've been kind of exploring the galaxy together for the last kind of few months, couple of evenings a week. And um, it really is amazing how how much the game has changed, but then also how little it's changed, I found. Like, the, the kind of soul of the game, the core of it, that kind of quite chill, quite serene, quite lonely experience, even when there's other people there, it still feels like you're kind of alone out there. So, uh, literally, no one says that, and I think it's really true. <laughs> like, <laughs> no one ever says that. Uh, everyone always says oh, the game's changed so much it's completely unrecognisable and blah 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 you know and did you have this plan all along for all these crazy features you were going to add or whatever and it's like to me I never get to say this but I can say it now because you've said it it sounds bad coming from me I I think the core of it was always there right and that you know in a way there's so much to me that hasn't changed mm. you know uh, we're still spending a lot of time farming carbon I'll be honest with you Sean <laughs> and it, well yes that, but there's uh, the emotion set I think is pretty much the same right and yeah. um, you know and like and as it should be like I kind of think yeah we always wanted to get across those emotions they're there you know some people will like them and some people won't kind of thing Um you know, it always surprises me when people say, because we get this very common bit of feedback of like, played it at launch, played 20 hours, or whatever, left it, but I've come back and I'm totally addicted now, or whatever it is, you know. Um, and I think, you know, or I'm loving it now, or whatever. I think, but it's basically the same, you know, in the... In the <laughs> In a nice way. It's like, streamlined, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. But, you know, to me, if you, you know, those those same core tenants have always been there, the same core emotions have always been there. Um, and we haven't, to me, that core hasn't changed radically, so the mm-hmm. type of person it would appeal to is still pretty similar. But 
I do know that's my kind of you know boring game developer hat on. I know if I take that off as a player, like there are, I know that there are even tiny little things that we've done to certain like pause menu screens and inventory <laughs> screens and stuff that massively impacted how long people played for or how much they enjoyed the game or how much they reported that they felt frustrated. It's nuts, like going through that process of knowing that you change certain buttons and where they're placed and certain timings of, you know, things are some of the biggest impacts that we've had. (laughs) The menus, man, like... Even that, like, that makes such a difference. This is this is the the thing about game development, isn't it? Is sometimes the, the really foundational things are actually they, they don't. There's not anything. No one's going to be sitting there in a, in a review being like the menus are amazing. But if they're not perfect, then then you notice it, right? You notice it. Yeah, it's a hundred percent that. I mean, so there's loads of things like that that we have changed. We know statistically that like people play for, you know, not that this is our aim, but we just it's a nice bit of feedback to know where where we're at that people play for longer now, much longer. We know that people enjoy the game a lot more, you know, and rate it higher and things like that, you know, in terms of them playing. Um, And we know that they spend an awful lot of time just on some of the new features that we added. Mm. But the poor vision or whatever is kind of there and the same. And to me, you couldn't, you wouldn't want, you know, wouldn't want to change that that yeah. is what it is I feel like it would have been a shame if it had lost that because for me the thing I really liked about No Man's Sky when it launched was it had that kind of almost it was almost like a AC sci-fi novel vibe where it was just quite lonely and quite weird and nothing happened quite a lot of the time and when something did happen it was like whoa I, I do find things happen a bit more often now when I'm playing with my friend you know we, we, we discovered uh, we discovered a biological abomination the other night and it was like what this is not I was not prepared for that in No Man's Sky to be attacked by <laughs> horrendous alien creatures Hello listener is it me you're looking for? As brands, we're always wanting to make a connection to find the person you can rely on, the one that's there every week, month, or year, and always has your back when you need them the most. It's a little like matchmaking, don't you think? With Acast podcast ads, you can filter for your exact dream audience so you can find the ideal customer for your business. The Romeo to your Juliet, the Rachel to your Ross, the Bert to your Ernie, and avoid those red flags and time wasters. Your ads can communicate with them in the most intimate way possible. A one-on-one conversation, a chance meeting in the gym, or a coffee shop. So go on, give it a try. With over hundreds of thousands of listens a month, your person is probably here. Get closer to your audience. Make podcast ads with Acast. Head to go.acast.com to get started. We painted in kind of broad brush strokes with multiplayer um, to allow people to play together. But there's, I don't think we made enough of it. You know, like we're now coming back and kind of filling in the detail almost. Um, and there's really nice experiences that we're getting with beyond now. That experience that you're having of playing with someone else and going exploring together. There is a strand that we see for some people who really, really enjoy that and really get a lot out of it. But it's it's not enough. You know, it's a minority of people and there's a bunch of things that we can see they're standing on their way from having that happen more often, oh, right. you know, for people playing together and stuff. That's the kind of thing, 
it's just that you've struck on a thing that I'm really excited about. <laughs> of you know, I know that the 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 exploration I get really excited about any time the exploration aspect of the game improves. You know, um, and playing together, you can have some really nice moments where you feel like you and your buddies have discovered something together. Yeah. Thing, or have or are seeing something that no one else is seeing yeah, and then yeah. you've had that experience. Or like when you you're you're just walking to try and find some carbon, always carbon. Um but but you know you're you're walking and you, you crest a hill and then you know two of the moons are rising right. or something. you just you just stand there together like let's look at these moons for a bit. You know that that's the weirdly because I'm tired. That's the vibe I want from like a multiplayer game at the moment I need chill I don't need competitive you know I, I just need it to be chill well, and it's perfect for that this goes back to that thing you were saying of the core conceit or whatever like um, we always wanted to make a game that was that was chill and you know a little bit ambient and had those moments you know of kind of loneliness and had those moments of this sounds bad you know, and I shouldn't say this, but, you know, almost boredom in a way so that the highs are more exciting. The space is really empty. There's right. not much up there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's, but it should be, you know, and there, there's that feeling and it's a feeling I used to get with a lot of, you were saying like 80s sci-fi or whatever. I used to get a lot with like 80s kind of games, mm. you know, some of the real things like Captain Blood or something like that where you... Um, you know, you're playing this weird French game, and you're not quite sure what's going to happen, and what is in there, and what isn't, and what impact you have. It would be really easy for us to compress the game, but we don't want to do that. You know, to compress all those moments in and, and make it a bit more kind of bombastic. We don't want to do that. We just want people to have more agency in the game and to have more of those those little moments. So I mean we've been working you've been working for many 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 years now obviously on No Man's Sky like there was obviously before launch and then since it's been has it been four years since launch now three years. three years yeah so I mean there's been next and Beyond's coming up do you foresee an like an endpoint for No Man's Sky or do you think it's something you, you all might be tinkering away with for a very long time to come I'm struggling here because we're just not very good at planning right <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's always sad. good when you're running your own business yeah there's a sad <laughs> truth there like. I give up at this point. We, um, you know, when we came up to Next, I just never would have foreseen the future the way it's turned out. And we were just nervous even about releasing it. Not just, you know, will anyone play it or anything like that, but even a more fundamental, like, will people get angry at us again? I don't know. You know, there was a real nervousness and there was real, real nervousness about talking to press or anything. Um, Understandably. We were, we were just, like, heading for the unknown and kind of really quite scared about it and then it turned out really well i find it very hard to predict what the reception to things are going to be we definitely stop when we stop feeling excited about stuff or when we stop feeling a bit ambitious about it and also there's other things that we're doing that i kind of fight for time basically and at some point or there's a scale where something else becomes more exciting you sure, know yeah. creatively or whatever you had a uh, so we're at the develop conference in brighton at the moment you had a keynote this morning uh, you showed a graph in this keynote that was do you want to explain shall i explain the graph do you want to explain the graph i talked about basically the happiness graph right like how happy are you doing what you're doing right i'd noticed a pattern where People would ask me, How, how's the game going? That's what happens when you're working on a game. People say, oh, how's the game going? 
I'd notice a pattern where I would always just have, you know, my head in my hands and <laughs> kind of be like, oh, it's really tough at the moment. <laughs> um, and then people would say like, oh, well, how long is that going to last for? Or is this a temporary thing or whatever, you know, or I'd be like, oh, no, it should be the next phase of development should be much better. Right. So I always felt like, oh, I'm in this bad place, but then the next phase would be better. Um, and then you get to the next phase and you're like, oh, no, it's actually harder. <laughs> um, and, and so I'd, I'd notice it from people around me kind of saying, you know, are you sure you're enjoying this? You know? um, and the game came out, and I started to, um, I suppose, question that a little bit, or, or at least, actually, I'll, I'll tell you the truth, I would talk to friends and family, and they would say, you know, why are you still doing this, like, you know, my sky's done really well you're getting a really hard time why don't you just go do something else right buy an island yeah buy an island <laughs> I was really fired up to come into work all the time and I was like yeah I don't really have a good answer you know um, because I'm saying that work's really hard or that I'm maybe not enjoying what I'm doing currently right or not super happy and so you know luckily uh, because I'm a very normal person I kind of have been like plotting my happiness right on a little graph you know just like we all do um, <laughs> and when I had to do the talk I was kind of talking to other developers and asked them to kind of just retrospectively do the same right like when you're making a game for these stages just try and draw out how you enjoy it we basically all drew the same graph which is concept you know that moment you know, at the cafe or down the pub or whatever where you're, like, dreaming about this game, right? That's the high, right? <laughs> and then each stage, you're a little bit hap less happy than the one before, right? So, like, you go into pre-production and that's kind of less fun than, you know, just those crazy concepts because now you're trying to make something. It's a reality check, right? Yeah, exactly. And then... And then you're thinking to yourself, no, production will be much better. Once all this is sorted out, then we're just into production. That'll be easy. Then you go into production, and production's way harder because you discover that all those things you decided in pre-production are, like, completely wrong. <laughs> and you're challenging that. And then you're, like, doing production, and you keep telling everyone around you during production, this is really hard, but when the game comes out, that's going to be a lovely feeling, you know? And then... Like, No Man's Sky had a, a hard time at launch, but every game I've worked on, I've always felt at my lowest just after it comes out. I've never really been able to explain it. That, you know, for some reason, that, it's, it's done. And I've made all these huge sacrifices or whatever, you know, and I've worked really hard, um, and now it's gone, you know? And, and the world hasn't really changed around me, you know what I mean? Uh, it's kind of like, you know, when I would do exams before, you'd kind of worry about it. It'd be on your mind for a whole year, uh, you know, somewhere in the back of your mind. You'd cram for, you know, a few nights beforehand, all that kind of thing. And then you'd do it, and you'd be like, oh, I'm just the same. And it's kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, it's like a deflated feeling sometimes, right. isn't it? I think especially with creative endeavor in general. Yeah. Like, it's something that's part of you, really part of you. And then when you're done with it and it leaves you, it, it can be like, you can feel really lost, right? Anyone who, who I talk to who's written a book always talks about that. They finish, yeah, <laughs> finish the book and then it's like, oh, that's done now. I guess now I have to do another one. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Right? Still have to come to work, you know. Yeah. Um, 
and and so I was kind of plotting that out and um, actually uh, at the time I remember talking about it with my brother and showing this graph and trying to kind of work it through like why why am I doing this he was like oh that's the that's the same as having kids you know <laughs> just instantly saw this graph where it got worse and worse and worse <laughs> and he was like oh that's having kids and he had like four kids um, but he said it in this like cheery way you know and I was like saying you know like that sounds bad right? <laughs> um, you think once they're out of nappies it'll be easier yeah. once they're weaned it'll be easy and it just never is is it there's always something new around the corner yeah. actually i i looked it up a bit and it's genuinely true right um all the graphs all the um kind of major studies into happiness mm. average happiness does decrease it's really depressing right um, as you have kids as they become toddlers then they're uh, you know, actually, when they're teenagers, that's a bit worse kind of thing. But the final injustice is like when they move out, apparently, uh, you know, um, is the worst. That's your empty nest kind of thing, right? Which actually helped me a bit because I was like, oh, that's how I feel about games. Yeah, like when it's empty gone, nest. It's, it's gone and I can't, you know... It's, it's out there. But that doesn't mean you haven't had immense me- found immense meaning and joy in the process, right? I think that's the thing with, you know, there are all those days, when, especially with tiny children, there are those days where you're just like, I'm questioning all my life choices. <laughs> and then there are those days where it's like, you know, transcendentally brilliant, right? It's kind of a little bit taboo to talk about, but it, it's not even, you're saying days. I think that's <laughs> why, why you, no, why, you, why people do it, I think. Um, so in a bunch of those, you know, uh, kind of studies on happiness they say like once they stop measuring happiness you know month to month and actually surveying people that during that and actually take people with kids and survey them you know multiple times a day uh, and basically zoom in on the graph they find that people are fluctuating massively in terms of happiness and they're actually start reporting if you ask them how's the last month been they say oh, it's been quite tough, we've been, whatever, teething, nappies, whatever it is, right? But talking to people day to day, they're having moments of kind of transcendental joy and not, you know, um, know, crushing lows, but real high highs, right? Over absolutely nonsense things, little moments when you were involved in the formation of something that you can't predict how it's going to turn out that feels really important to you and that like that is the creative endeavor as well like Mm. for me working on something moment to moment like ask me at any point during the day how things are going and you know sometimes even you're playing something that's not working out at all but there's a real lovely feeling of oh, we can make this better, or this will be so cool when it's done, or, you know, uh, like just getting excited about little things. But then there's also real lows, you know, something doesn't work out or, um, you know, is never going to work out or whatever it is, you know, and it's constantly changing and you're seeing it, uh, but you're influencing it. So when you zoom in on the dev process, it's the same, you have like a... Absolutely, like uh, for, for a day, there's the graph is just fluctuating wildly, you know, just constantly. I think, you know, just you have this idea, then you start working on it, then you, uh, you know, 
start doubting yourself and the code doesn't compile then it does now it's crashing you know and this is going on just non-stop throughout the day it's that it's that bit that you're like i wouldn't trade that for anything this is much i'll i'll trade average happiness for having these moments of like transcendental joy at looking at what i'm doing you know or or real highs that i'll never experience in my nine to five job that's really helped me actually thinking that through yeah so it's, it's almost a density of experience thing isn't it like I, I thought very foolishly before I had um before I had kids I thought that I would be quite bored for the first few years <laughs> I thought like oh okay well I have to do babies and that'll be a bit boring and toddlers are a bit annoying aren't they and that'll so I'll just kind of get through that and then they'll get a bit older and then it'll get more interesting and that's how but I've actually found like to my surprise I found immense like minute to minute meaning and joy and it's not easy but I find immense meaning in you know the business of observing and raising children in a way that I didn't think I would and I think it does does remind me of creative endeavor you know it's yeah. to say it's this density of experience yeah you're you're basically turning this knob up on your life which is you know the intensity of experience right mm-hmm. the the the, the overall possibilities of highs and lows you know <laughs> um that that it's it, the way I describe it often is like when you were in your, you know, maybe in your late teens or early twenties or something like that. You went to your first like gig, your first really good gig that you really kind of loved or whatever, and you had that moment, right? Of just like, wow, that's incredible. And then over the next ten years, you just go to another gig and another gig and another gig and. It, each one is slightly less <laughs> exciting than that very first one that you went to, you know, and then you get some of that back, you know, through either maybe creatively how you're involved, you know what I mean? Like I thought that when we had 65 days doing music and then I got that moment back of going to a gig with them and I'm like, you know, <laughs> this is it. That's that feeling back again, right? You know, and, and in a way it's that kind of thing with, with kids probably as well where you get that moment later on where you get to you know experience them starting to get their own musical taste right and you see things through their eyes and you get to sit down and watch you know Ghostbusters or whatever but with somebody who's never seen it before that you're kind of formative with or whatever so I think getting those things back is really you know it's it's just getting that intensity of experience back that you had maybe when you were a kid yeah and it's like there aren't there aren't that many things in life as an adult that like change your life properly in the same way as having a child or starting a new company (laughs) or you know making something like that um do you get time to play games much at home do you play at all as a family do you play by yourself um i i play a lot of games given that i also you know i work a lot and i try to be home a lot (laughs) um and then, so I cram in things around the edges now, you know, like on whether it's on like mobile, on Switch, on like, Switch is a lifesaver. Yeah, like every 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 little uh, spare moment, somehow a game is coming out <laughs> and crying its way in there because I'm somebody who likes to try and make sure I've played everything. I grew up. Uh, spending as much time probably making stuff as I did on a computer as I did kind of playing stuff Um, so I'm really keen you know with with my kids and kids in general just to see them doing that you know 
um, you know, making stuff at scratch or drawing stuff on the computer or whatever. Like I think is, a, I am more enthused about that maybe even than trying to, you know, force my own <laughs> to, to, you know, uh, random other kids. <laughs> no. That's it for this returning episode of Spawn Point. Thank you very much to Sean Murray and to Hello Games for arranging our conversation. And as ever, thank you very much for listening and for sticking around while I've been on hiatus. Uh, please do continue to send your feedback and questions to hellospawnpoint at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at Keza McDonald. And if you've enjoyed the show, you can subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. There will be more Spawn Point very soon. I mean it this time. See you later. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey everybody, I'm Naomi Ekparrigan. And I'm Andy Beckerman. We're a real-life couple and a real-life couple of comedians. And we're the hosts of the podcast couples therapy we're the only comedy relationship podcast ever yeah i said it <laughs> and we're so good we've been written up in both the new york times and we made grinders list of top podcasts yes we're giving you that high low appeal trust on the show we talk to guests like bob the drag queen angelica ross bowen yang janelle james danny pooty darcy Carden, paul f Tompkins, and more all about love mental health and everything in between And we answer your relationship questions. We are two unlicensed comedians just trying to help you out. So open your hearts, loosen your butts, because we got a lot of laughs. And a lot of real talk just for you. Download Couples Therapy wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.